Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and as always I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing War of the Worlds which was released on the 19th of June 2005 in the UK and the 23rd of June 2005 in the USA. The reason we are discussing this is it is featured on the back lot tour in Universal Studios LA. The tram that goes backstage takes you around loads of different film sets. You go through uh, King Kong, Jaws, uh, Desperate Housewives set, all sorts of things. And then it stops at the aeroplane crash scene and uh, you get shown kind of how they did that and you can get up and take photos of it etc etc so not a standalone ride but it is featured in a ride uh, again i woke up to quite angry texts well, that's from what you when you go to bed at 9 p.m <laughs> her text came it's through at 905 crazy holly texting at <laughs> 1 a.m in the morning it's crazy carla who goes to sleep at 9 p.m on a friday evening I don't even have, a, have an excuse for that. It was yeah. true. It was, when I looked, it was about 20 past nine and yeah. I was fast asleep. So I literally was like, oh my God, I'm going to just message Carla about this. And then I was like, oh, she's not showing as being online. And then I was like, oh, like still. And then I was like, is she in bed? I was really tired. But nevertheless, the texts that you did send were quite angry ones, which always um, gets me excited for the show because I know that, you know, you're going to have a lot to say. So was this the first time you'd seen the film? No, I think I went to the cinema to see it. I saw it at the cinema. My mum was going with her friends the following night to see it and... For some reason, I was there. I don't know if I still lived there at that point when it came out. Would I have been there in 2005? Anyway, I was at her house when she came back and she was like, oh, that really scared me, Carla. I didn't like it. it I found it really, really scary. And she didn't like like the little proby thing that was going around the house and stuff. Oh, right, yeah. So I waited till she was asleep and then I crept in her room with the shower head and just kind of... And just just nudged her and woke her up. And, uh, yeah, she didn't find it funny, really. She does now. I mean, it wouldn't have been funny if you'd have caused her to have a heart attack, would it? I probably would have felt a little bit bad. <laughs> and then when, when they go to the doctor's like, just did anything cause it? Anything happen? No. And I'm, like, hiding no, the shower head. I'm, like, no. <laughs> I just came in to check on her. As I do every night. Because that's the kind of good daughter I am. And I happen to have this shower head in my hand. 
definitely relaxed though. That's all I can confirm. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I when I I usually rewatch these films um, on a weekend when I go to visit her, and um, I rewatched it again, and yeah, she wasn't as scared this time. So lesson learned: face your fears, and you'll be fine. <laughs> So, I don't know if you know a lot about the history of the film. Obviously, you know, we're not going to go too much into history because that's not what we do. But I thought this was interesting because I actually really like this. And it's a remake because the original came out years ago. And I like this version. So, are you pleased about that? Uh, yeah. I think it was like early 50s oh, it was made. You didn't have to watch that one. But the cool thing about that is the two... I think the original, if I remember rightly, was a man and a woman in it rather than just a man and his two kids. And the two people that were in it are the grandparents in this. So at the oh. very last scene when you see the grandparents, that's actually the two people oh, like that were that. the young people in it. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? I, I like thought you'd that. like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. We are doing this version, so let's crack on and I'll start talking us through. So we see at the start, Tom Cruise, who I will only refer to as Tom Cruise in this, I'm afraid. I can't get him on board with his character name. Even Don't even know it? what it was. Don't know. Um, I think he's very good at adapting to roles. I know Tom Cruise is a bit like Marmite, that people usually love him or hate him. I really like Tom Cruise. I know he's probably got weird ideas in his personal life, but I don't particularly care. He seems a nice guy to fans. He's always nice when he's being interviewed. I just thought he was awful in this film. Okay. We see he's a mechanic at the start. He, no, he isn't a mechanic. No. Isn't he not? What is he? No, he moves um, cargo ships, doesn't he? How do you know how to fix cars then? I don't know. But he moves cargo ships because the guy says to him, he's about to leave the dock and then the guy says, I need you back. And he went, no, can't do it. And then he went, no one can move, no one can move them like you can. Okay, but he knows about cars. Yeah. He gets home and... His ex-wife and a new bloke are waiting. It's 8.30 and they said they were going to be there from 8 o'clock. So you see Robbie get out the car, who is, what's he, 15, 16? Yeah, he's a bit older, isn't he? And then... He's um, a bit older. And then girl, Rachel. Yeah, younger. And then this is the thing I really didn't understand. I, I mean, I didn't really get it. Why both of them why they both had to smash the door against the telephone pole it just was really stressing me out so robbie ignores him and walks straight into the house rachel hugs him and um he's reminded that they're going to be back to collect them on sunday then we see the house is a mess there's no food or drink for the kids uh, his ex-wife complains that the kids are too old to be sharing a room. Before going into his fridge and checking the milk. Yeah. So I just thought, get out. How dare you? <laughs> so they say that they'll be at her parents in Boston later on. Tells him not to call the landline because her parents aren't fans of him. 
this is what I don't understand as well. So obviously we don't know about their relationship, but later on when he's going, he says something like, it suits you to have obviously been pregnant. Mm. But they've not seen each other before then. Quite pregnant. Well, maybe she wasn't. Maybe she wasn't showing at that stage. I don't know. He's quite an absent father. I get the impression he's quite an absent father. And then it's like it's strange because where her parents live in Boston. I mean, obviously they've come. They're in a nice old brownstone, aren't they? Obviously, come from a bit of Mm -hmm. money. Um, And now she's with this new guy again. Seems to be quite wealthy. You know, later on they're talking about how. The, the new husband's got this, that and the other. They obviously go to a private school, got cable in their rooms and stuff. And I just think, like, I don't know why the the new husband or boyfriend always has to be this rich character. Well, I suppose it's just a, a stark contrast from him, if everything he's not. He's stylish, he's got money, he looks like he gets on with the kids... He provides, and that's all the things that he fails on. But then why were they ever together, you know? I don't know, maybe he was a bit dangerous. And they must have been together for quite a while, because, you know, like, as we said, Robbie is about 15, 16, and then you've got Rachel, who's, I don't know, eight, nine? Yeah, probably. So they were obviously together for long enough to have two children with quite large age gap between yeah. them. Who knows? Um, what I noticed also, Carla, was that I, I believe Robbie um, was wearing one of those sort of hand... What I can only describe as a hand glove. <laughs> What's that? Like a glove for your hand, but it has no fingers on it. <laughs> fingerless gloves, do you yeah, mean? Yeah, but it's not like it's not a fingerless glove because a fingerless glove would imply that you know you still get those bits. You know, like if you're um, working on a market, a market store, trader. You know, they yeah. still have. Cause you still need to be able to like grab things. They, they keep your hands. Warm. Yeah. This is like a sort of. Would I call it a wrist glove? Maybe an arm glove. I don't even know what that is. That is that a thing? Like very Avril Lavigne. Oh, okay. Well, this did come out in 2005, so, you know, maybe he was a skater boy. I'm going to send you a photo of it, actually, because I've just found one. I mean, his wasn't like this, but this is the sort of thing I'm getting at. Okay. And... And it's actually, you know, this sort of stripiness as well kind of gives the... Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's just an emo kid thing, isn't it? He probably listened to, you know, My Chemical Romance. Um, It says on the telly that there's lots of lightning and storms. Robbie argues with Tom whilst they're playing baseball. Yeah. I thought Tom was a bit of a dick here. Did you? What did he say that made you think that? I just thought it's like it isn't really the way you're going to get through to him. Um, mm. And I just, I just thought there must be nothing more annoying as, as a, ch- a child, going to see a parent when a parent has re- like really no interest in your life by sort of then going, oh, well, you better do your homework. 
Mm. Like, it's infuriating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I see that. So, um, he tells Rachel to order some food when she asks what they should eat. He's horrified when she orders hummus. I mean, can you get that, takeaway hummus? Yeah, you can get takeaway anything. You're in New York. Were they in New York? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Where where, where did you think they were? Oh, I don't know. Some generic city. I didn't even think it had... I didn't even think it was clear where it was. I I mean, obviously, I knew it was nearish Boston, but... Yeah, I think that they were on the outskirts of New York. I thought it might have been like Connecticut or somewhere. No, it's very built up because I actually made a point that behind his house, where the massive freeway was, I thought I'd be really Mm. worried because I just would expect people to just commit suicide there the whole time. (laughs) Okay, so um, Rachel says that Robbie's taken his car. And uh, there's all still storms brewing, and it's black sky, and blah blah blah. And he has to hide under the table with Rachel, but then he has to abandon her and leave to find Robbie. Every single car has just stopped, which is quite weird, isn't it? So then Robbie comes running around the corner, and he says the car stopped working, and then the dad says mm. something like, oh, "Well, as long as you're all right." Um, next time there you drive without a license, I'll call the police. And I actually, but at that point when he said, when Rachel said, oh, Robbie's taken the car, I said to Adam, I'd call the police. That was my son. Really? Would you I do that? I, I don't think you would, though, if it really was How your dare son. he just take the car? Well, no, obviously he shouldn't take the car, but I think if he was your son... I don't know, it'd teach him never to do it again, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it'd also oh, give him a criminal record. But... I wouldn't have taken my mum or dad's car, but it's not the point. If they, and then I'd get a criminal record and they'd be looking after me all my life because I'd be some loser that couldn't get a job. Not in his interest, is it? <laughs> so he picks up a piece of rubble and it's uh, cold. They hear something under the ground. Things break up and this massive big thing emerges from out of the ground. People are being zapped. Isn't it weird that all of the electrical stuff isn't working, but the video camera is? (laughs) He makes it home, and he's uh, sitting on the floor quite dazed. He's covered in dust, isn't he? I just think, like, yeah, you might be, like, in complete shock, but, like, you just left your kids. They're like, what the hell's going on? And he just sits there, and then he's, like, covered in all this dust, and then someone, you know, someone touches him, and he's just, he just is, like, like, acts a bit manic. Well, it wasn't in keeping because for the rest of the film, he was very, very calm. Uh, um, yeah. Considering what was going on around him, he was very calm with the children in making them feel safe. So why he was like this at the start, it didn't really go with what his character was. He asked Robbie to pack some food and he steals a car off of the car repair place. He tries to get his friend to come with him. It's the only car that's working because earlier he had told him how to fix it when it wouldn't work. 
So that's yeah. why I thought he was a mechanic. Because in my view, if you can tell a mechanic how to fix a car, <laughs> you're wasted doing anything else. Become a mechanic. He asks the colleague to come with him or he'll die. He doesn't and he dies. Not so... a colleague. Because he doesn't work there. No, he isn't a colleague. He's just a geezer that he knows. Sorry. And again, I just think at that point, there's this much hysteria. I would have just got in the car with him. You know, like, whether you were next to it or not, you must have seen the church spire fall or you must have or heard. heard rumbles or something. Mm. And you must have seen people running manically. You've seen every car come to a standstill. And you're still and polishing what? cars on your car lot. You're still, you're still obsessed with being like, no, it's not, it's not my car. God, mm. that, get that out of the way. Yeah, ridiculous. So Rachel's hysterical and Robbie tells her to put her arms in front of her and says that she's in a safe space. So this is obviously something that they do with her that, you know, she's obviously an edgy child. So a couple of things here, Carla, is that one, did you notice that when they're leaving the city or wherever they live, the roads, luckily every car had stopped, but every car had stopped sort of like they'd parked up so there was a clear route for them to get through which was very useful very very good for them and also you're going to disagree because i know what you're going to say you're going to go she's just a child but rachel was absolutely unbearable throughout the whole film well i was expecting that because what you called her on a text i can't repeat and i wouldn't advise you do i don't normally like child actors in or actresses in films at all kids tend to annoy me when they're in films but I, she didn't for some reason maybe it's just because she's a really good actress i don't know but she doesn't she doesn't annoy me at all in this film but i get i get why she would tom tells robbie that uh what happened the machine came out of the ground from somewhere robbie says um where like europe i thought that was funny which, yeah, that was a good line, wasn't it? Tom says, Lightning is controlling the machine. They arrive at the mum and stepdad's house, but they've already left. They're not there, are they? Um, why were all the lights on? <laughs> I did. You know what? I actually did notice that myself. Like, I completely understand that you know, you know, some people do that thing, don't they? I can imagine you do this, where you go on holiday and you turn a light on at like to come on at nine pm for safety. I may or may not. I can't confirm that because someone will then know my tricks. <laughs> so I get that people do that. If they did that, they did it in every room with every light normally people just do it with a couple of couple of lights don't they yeah a couple, couple of favored lamps not everyone by the window normally yeah <laughs> not at the back of the house where no one, no. No one can see it no yeah no i i did think the same and also it wasn't it wasn't that dark was it when they arrived that the lights would even need to be on i didn't no. feel 
So then this actually, this whole scene then leads on to a bit of a strange thing. So obviously she's there manically again, running, being like, mum, 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 mum. And then he finally says, oh, they're not here. Mm. So it's a little bit like I don't really understand why they're there. But anyway, maybe it's like en route to Boston. So I just think if if I was in a situation where this was happening, you know, where... um, these alien things have come down or whatever. He the next scene is obviously then he says, Right, what food have we got? And Robbie has pulled together every condiment under some but no proper food because mm-hmm. he doesn't have any. And then Tom seems to go a bit crazy at this point and is like, Right, well, it's peanut butter sandwiches then, because there's mm-hmm. some bread on the side and then there's only some peanut butter. Like They've only gone away for the weekend. Have a look in their fridge. Have a look in their cupboards. I bet you could rustle up a very nice meal. Well, no, I, I, I thought that. Why wouldn't there be food in the house? Because they said they'll be back Sunday, which presumably means Monday the kids will be going to school, so she's going to have to do packed lunches on a Sunday evening. Um, they Surely there would be something in the house. You I admit, think you if you've have. left bread on the side, it indicates there's food, a lot a lot more food. Because, mm. you know, if I was going on holiday, I wouldn't be leaving bread on the side. The bread would be either in the bin or the freezer. Yeah. So you, you're only away for a small amount of time. I don't even understand why no one just said, can we not just have a normal dinner? And I think at that point, so he sort of went a bit crazy and then threw the peanut butter at the at the window and then they were all like, oh, well, we're not hungry. As, not even as a parent, but as a person going through that, I'd have insisted that we ate. Because I'd have been <laughs> like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I think before we do anything, we need to make sure we have food and we have mm-hmm. the best night's sleep we can have. So tomorrow, we don't know how bad this is going to get. No. You know, like you think, think about it. Just, It just annoyed me. No, I agree. Um, he also didn't know Rachel was allergic to peanut butter. So it proves not a good dad. Didn't know that. From birth, she confirmed. Yes. They tried to give it to her the minute she was born. Didn't agree with her. The first thing. First thing they did. Before the umbilical cord. Hold up. Yeah, we got some M&Ms here. Let's see how she reacts. Oh, not well. So, they sleep in the basement. I mean, the basement was weird, wasn't it? It was like an antiques, it was like antiques roadshow at one point. <laughs> so we see that Tom has got a gun with him, Sensible. and yeah, I don't. We don't approve of guns, but you know, in this situation, obviously, you think probably you probably need one. Don't know what you'd do here if you didn't have it. Probably, I don't I know. Think, I think I'd go to a farmer's house and try and get a gun okay well that would be no use to me because i am nowhere near a farmer's house (laughs) so you'd be okay i'd have to go to like the local kebab shop and like borrow a skewer or something well you're all right carly you probably just go into the next sort of borough and you probably have got more guns than the farmers haven't you i take great offense to that 
Thank you. Croydon is wonderful and I won't have a word said against it. In the night, you hear storms and explosions happening and in the morning, you see what it is, which is the scene that you see on the um, backlot tour for Universal. Um, it's the plane that's crashed and there's debris everywhere. The car didn't get touched. No. At all. Not at all. No. But a plane crashed about 30, 30 sort of centimetres away from it. There's uh, two um, reporters looting for uh, food and drink off the plane. And aren't they a little bit ravenous? I mean, this only started yesterday afternoon and they're like really being ridiculous. You're not at a point that at that point, you're not at a point where it's been, yeah, it's probably not even been 24 hours. Well, it hasn't even been 24 hours. So, yeah, why are they sort of like, oh, God, water? Like, there's probably a Walmart, like, 30 minutes down the road. She shows him footage of things coming down in capsules into uh, a machine kind of thing. And that it's all over, because at this point I thought it was weird that the aliens were really kind of um, obsessed with the suburbs of this city. (laughs) Yeah. They chose there in particular. Yeah. So he takes the kids in the car. I thought he was quite sweet with Rachel on this occasion. He's kind of learning to be a better dad, isn't he? When he carries her out to the car and tells her not to look around and stuff. Yeah. But then I got annoyed at the next bit because they stopped to go to the loo and... I'm sorry, she starts going on about how she's embarrassed to wee in front of her dad. In this situation, I would say you wee or you wet yourself. And that's all there is to it. You are not running off. I mean, I didn't really get Robbie's story. I didn't like Robbie in it. Like, what was his whole thing? Like, his obsessiveness with, like, trying to get into the army? I think it was just... He was just angry at his dad, wasn't he? He was just an angry kid. But this is like this is what annoys me. It's like, yeah, you know, it might be really annoying that you, you and your dad don't see each other that much. You don't get on. But you, by the looks of it, by your house, you have a pretty nice life. So stop being mm. a childish brat about it and just suck it up and let's try and get to Boston. And then he gets all, at one point, he's like, oh, well, we're only going to Boston so you can give us back to mum. But where else do you want to go? Yeah. So the military drive through and, as you said, Robbie tries to get on the trucks and join them. Tom lets Robbie drive, I suppose, in an attempt to try and get him on side. He's like, oh, am I allowed to drive? I haven't got my licence. Oh, yeah. I just didn't like the kid. I was glad when he went quite early on in it. Spoiler alert. People bombard the car trying to get in it. He hits a lamppost and people literally break into the car. I mean, like, they were, like, tearing it, the windscreen with their hands. What were they hoping to achieve? This is, you're going to disagree with this, Carla. But okay. he swerved, he manically swerved to not hit the child and the baby, uh, the baby and the, and the woman. And you would have just ploughed <laughs> straight into them. Well, I think I would at that point. I love you say you're not going to agree. Like, in... 
a tone that just I'm not going to agree. I just think that, you know, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't do it at all in any normal circumstance. But if I was in a in a place where I had to protect my family, I, I think I'd, you know, I just would have lost all, I'd just be like, oh, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're probably all going to die anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to... Or I would have tried to revert because the person which does eventually get the car dries out the lamppost pretty easily. So I think yeah. I'd have just, if I'd have maybe sort of fine have swerved for the baby, I'd have just revert like reversed out of the lamppost, knocking anyone yeah. down in my way. I wouldn't have cared. You know, like if if I ran out onto the high street now and probably started waving a gun around, mm. pretty sure no one else would have one. Like, they are in America. Yeah, he's the only one that's got a gun that that fires it. And in that situation, I'm pretty sure, you know, people who probably have their guns locked away in cupboards, maybe don't even use them, that is my time I'd get my gun out at this moment in in life. So it's Mm -hmm. quite strange. He's like, oh, I've got a gun. And then they all sort of are a bit, to begin with, like, oh, God, he's got a gun. Like, I'm surprised there, there weren't people shooting earlier yeah 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 so um he loses the car and they queue up to get on the on the ferry i did i didn't really understand the point of he bumps into someone he knows but then kind of we don't really see them again yeah because it's not even so when obviously they're on the ferry and the ferry um is going up isn't it and then Mm. Robbie tries to be the hero again and sort of like runs at the wall to grab people Mm. it would have made more sense at that point if they were there yeah but they weren't no they they were literally stuck yeah um I don't I don't know if we were supposed to feel sorry for them we saw them about 20 seconds on screen I felt nothing for them yeah I I only thought I recognised the woman Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember what she's from, but definitely recognised her. Okay. The boat capsizes and they manage to get on the shore. The military are there and thank God Robbie actually runs off and joins them this time. So we don't have to look at him anymore. And then it's like the army aren't going to go, oh great, come along um, and help us out. You've got no idea what the hell you're doing, but pop along. Yeah, we've been looking for an emo kid to join us. Tom lets him go because he doesn't have much choice. He has to choose in the end between saving Robbie or saving Rachel. So obviously he lets Robbie go and he runs back to Rachel. And then we see Tim Robbins arrive, who invites the... I don't know his name in it, I'm sorry, but um, I'm just going to call him Tim Robbins. Do you know his name in it, the weird guy? He invites them into the underground, uh, into his underground bunker. I thought it was strange that nobody else was trying to get into the bunker. No one else saw, did they? He just sort of signalled to Tom and Rachel. It was very weird. And like no one else has any eyes. And again, it was quite sweet that Tom sings to Rachel to try and calm her down. I thought that was quite nice. I actually wrote Rachel is a needy b- <laughs> T 
Tim says they're welcome to stay. He has food and water for weeks and he's explained um, that they've been planning it for millions of years. This isn't a war, it's an extermination. Uh, but then he starts talking a little bit like a lunatic. And yeah. it's a bit creepy. He tells Rachel if anything happens to her daddy, he will look after her. And, you know, he's, he's a bit of a wrong one, isn't he? Yes. So, this is the bit where we see the probes start coming in the house and they sneak around while they're hiding. I, um, a bit like what you pretended to be to your mum. Exactly, like I recreated. Um, I didn't find this scary originally. I didn't find it scary on the rewatch. Do you, I mean, and I'm quite wussy with films. I don't like horror films. I certainly won't watch Walking Dead or anything like that. But I didn't. I at no point did I find this scary. You or no, no, no. I probably you know the smallest hint of something like this. I'd be like, oh, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to go running around the country to just die. I'd rather just stay in the house. I'd rather be sat in my house and if they came in, I'd be like, you know what? They seem a little bit more advanced than we do. We're not going to survive. So you just you just say, just kill us now or? I just would stay where I was. Hmm. But if they came in your house, you wouldn't try and hide. No, You'd well, just be I like, might just oh, be sitting yeah. loft or something. But you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put loads <laughs> of effort. So Tom manages to confuse it by uh, hiding behind a big mirror. Good idea. It was a very good idea, wasn't it? I wouldn't have thought of that. Daughter. Mm, she. She lets it known where they are, doesn't she? She slips her foot out. Yeah. Tom stops Tim from shooting them because it seems like Tim just wants a little bit of a war, doesn't yeah, he? Going yeah, on, he does. He just wants to have a, a good old fight, and Tom just wants to keep quiet. So Tim tells Tom, "This is too confusing with Tim, Tim called, and Tom." Now I feel like you're reading a child's book. <laughs> Tim and Timmy and Tommy. <laughs> Says, you and me, I don't think we're on the same page. And Tim kind of loses his mind. So Tom realises he's probably got to go and bump him off, hasn't he? Yeah. To get out of this. So he blindfolds Rachel and tells her to sing and sing and not stop. Whilst he, whilst he kills him. I'd actually say... Get a couple of pillows and put them over your ears. I wouldn't say sing because we don't know. The, the aliens are still outside. We could hear <laughs> So while he's killing him, they could have come in after her hearing her singing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're like, really. That's hilarious. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I just felt a bit like... And as they're killing her, she's still singing because he's told her, don't you stop. Yeah. So later, uh, Rachel runs off. Why? After the probe comes in, she runs away, doesn't she? We're not sure. But 
why does she? I and don't Tom, know why she runs outside. She's just a nervous child. She's just awful. <laughs> so Tom has to run after her, and they get taken up into one of the pods. And uh, people are like being sucked in, aren't they? And it's a bit, yeah, bit grim. And they're like sucking blood out of people and all sorts. And um, one of them um, puts a grenade up as they're being sucked up, which is quite clever, isn't it? Yeah, that was Tom. Was it Tom that did that? Oh, very clever of him. And it appears to be dying. So Rachel and uh, Tom hide in a tunnel whilst the military are shooting the thing down. Then we see them that they're now in Boston and Tom's carrying Rachel up the street. And they're at the in-law's house. Rachel um, runs off hugs mum and it turns out Robbie's there he somehow managed to get back which probably annoyed you didn't it it did actually my ending is just says Rachel is the worst person ever who just screams stupid ending (laughs) that's what I think of the film I like the ending has got you know Morgan Freeman's voiceover, and Tim Robbins is in it, so it's kind of like a mini Shawshank Redemption reunion. What I don't really understand is like obviously the aliens just die, mm. and then everyone just sort of seems a bit like, oh, they're dying. I'm yeah. Like, well, any you know they could be coming back to life again. Well, they've all been hidden underground. Who knows how many more are there? I just wouldn't be quite so like, oh, God, thank God. Like, I'd be a bit... Yeah. You know, and it's weird. Boston doesn't seem to have had any impact whatsoever. Like, their street doesn't, does it? Like, not... No, no. A scrap of dirt on it, quite frankly. Quite weird. It's a very nice street. Very nice. I think I saw that on the back lot tour as well. That I thought was odd. Hmm. And then I kind of want to know, if anything, with these films, I kind of want to know what happens next. Well, we don't know. But there is actually, that's made me think, there's a uh, podcast called um, Beyond the Box Set, who are fantastic. And what they do is you give them a film or they give themselves a film and then they both pitch a sequel to it. Oh, maybe we should do that. So maybe we should, uh, well, not steal their idea, don't worry. Like like they're worried that we're going to suddenly take over their listenership. <laughs> but maybe we should ask them to do War of the Worlds and then, and then we can see what would happen. Well, yeah, ask them. So I'm just going to move on to the shout-outs. Because we've had quite a few. So I'm going to do uh, Instagram first because there's not as many on there. And this um, will delight you because obviously you can tell whose friend he is. 
Lyle says, I found his daughter absolutely insufferable and was hoping she would meet a painful, gory end, a very average film. Thank you, Lyle. At Sharp Podcast says, no one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century. So I think that's a reference to um, the voiceover that you hear. Over on Twitter, at Derek1 says Tom Cruise doing PR for the humans against the aliens flies in the face of his religion. Love that and the original stars cameos at the end. Yeah, the one I didn't know that's so why I liked that as well. Yeah. At John Dredge, who is part of Dredgeland, who are absolutely fantastic and please go and follow them and watch all their funny videos, etc says first half is excellent then it gets relentlessly morbid well, i agree with that I suppose it did get quite dark didn't it, did. it towards the end easy rider raging podcast says part apocalyptic blockbuster a film with many critics but a film i've always found to be an engaging watch mm. at tv in space who is Another podcast we thoroughly recommend. Please go and check them out. Um, even if you don't like sci-fi, I still thoroughly enjoyed it because it's very light-hearted. So go and check them out. It says, I love it. As a fan of the story and previous film versions, I really like this. I find it creepy and tense and some of the shots are just beautiful. But then it is Spielberg, so that's to be expected. It's been a while since I've seen it, but the boat section springs to mind as being especially good. Then, to top it off, you have the scary noise of the aliens that will haunt your dreams. So I'm a big fan there. And uh, Free Cuckoo's podcast said, starts off well, good build-up to the event and the lightning storm. Had to watch again to figure how they defeated the aliens. And Hey Down In Front podcast says, this movie is a stinker. We did it a few months back. And then you've put quite a few poos on there. Oh. Poo emojis. Not a fan. I I disagree, actually. Normally, I, I usually agree with Hey Down In Front that we normally... He disagrees with you all the time. But normally, I, I end up agreeing with them. But... On this, I disagree. I think it's a really good film. I think it's a fun watch. It's an easy watch. And it's the kind of film you could watch again in a year's time and not be too bored again. I agree, actually. So you can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films. Follow us on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast. Or you can email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. You can also wear items of our clothing if you go to Redbubble and search Theme Park Films, all one word. Oh, you can get loads of stuff over there. You can get t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, clocks. Anyone know what time it is? It's Theme Park Films time. That's what time it is. Um... (laughs) You can also find us as we're part of Brit Pod Scene. We're actually the creators of Brit Pod Scene, I should say. 
and I should be able to say the name properly by now, but I still struggle a little bit. Anyway, it's a collection of British podcasts. Please go and check out the Twitter account at BritPodScene. And all of our retweets are of the shows that we endorse. And we have a website coming very soon where there'll be a full list of them. We've got over 70 British shows uh, all signed up who are fantastic. I'm always in awe of the quality of the shows that uh, are part of the network. So please go and check those out. If that's all you've got, we will sign off now and see you in the next one. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of BritPod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.